0: All right, and we are live. Hello, everybody. Uh, terrible news today. <laughs> the wife is stuck at work. She's uh, doing a, a TV show today. Oh, no, 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 she's doing a commercial. She's doing a commercial. So, uh, yeah, so she's out. Uh, but the good thing about that is that I won't have anything thrown at me today. <laughs> Uh, so we got in a little bit of a spat, you'll remember, yesterday, because she thought that uh, the, well, she was trying to claim that the people that went into the Capitol building on January 6th can, can reasonably be tried for trespassing, mm-hmm. right? So after the show, you know, I, I don't even know why she was contradicting me. Well, I, I didn't at the time. I figured it out. So after the show, I I turned to her and I said, hey, hey, what are you you doing? What are you You, 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 doing? Obviously, those people that went into the Capitol building uh, were justified in what they were doing. And, you know, it was a protest and they had every reason to go in there. And they shouldn't be tried for trespassing. Like, what are you talking about? And uh, I'm like, you can't really possibly think that. And she goes, oh, no, of course I don't think that. And I said, well, then why did you argue with me so much? She was like, I don't know. I thought I'd spice it up. I thought it would be good to, like, have a debate on the show. (laughs) (laughs) So she's trying to make the show more, like, I don't know, like, give it more energy, make it more entertaining or interesting, Uh, and uh, apparently somebody had said she was boring, and she was like, okay, I'll spice it up. Don't tell Valeria she's boring, you idiot. (laughs) I don't know who said that, but God, Lord, what a, what kind of a a-hole says that somebody on a show they're watching is boring in the chat? You know, she reads that anyway. I don't know who said that, but you're an idiot anyway. So now you're causing us to have like unnecessary arguments which delay us talking about the news. And there's some incredibly important news out uh, these days ever since uh, the Biden administration has taken over um, the Biden administration. I've been doing a lot of research. last night I did um, research on several videos that I'm finishing up for my Mr. Reagan show. I'm kind of funny about videos. like I kind of do things in batches so I haven't posted anything in Mr. Reagan for a while, but that's because I've been doing all this tons and tons of research and then I'm like I'm like I've written like five scripts uh, and then I'm going to shoot them all, edit them all, put them all out, right? You know, uh, one a day. For however long it is, 10 days, or however many scripts I'm going to have. So I get into these like uh, patterns, you know, kind of like mass producing a product, right? I I like to do the research all at once, and then I like to to shoot them all at once and and edit them all at once. So uh, it's kind of a bad system when you're doing a YouTube channel, but anyway, that's what I've been doing. (laughs) But the good thing about that is that I've been doing so much. Uh, in-depth research into uh, Biden and and all that kind, you know, the whole leftist nonsense, and uh, so it's interesting. I'm reading some stories now that are totally relevant to the research I've been doing. But one thing that was the, obviously the big story of the day, the breaking news, the the bombshell, uh, is our first story of the day. Um, oh, you want me to do the intro, guys? Let's do the intro, shall we? even without Valeria here. All right, we are the least professional show on YouTube. Toxic Masculinity. All right, yeah, uh, I am toxic. Valeria is masculine. Together we are toxic masculinity. God, that joke's so old now. It's so bad. I don't know why I keep saying it. Um, All right, well, let's have a look at the first story. This is uh, absolutely dire, absolutely dire. Rudy Giuliani has been raided by the feds. Okay, so we got Rudy Giuliani raided by the feds. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, I don't have that set up. Uh, As I said, least professional show on YouTube. All right, there we go. Uh, Federal agents raid Rudy Giuliani's uh, New York City apartment in their Ukraine probe. Sure, that's why they're raiding his apartment, the Ukraine probe. Well, let me read you a little bit on here, and and then I'll go ahead and I have a little little, tiny, 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 tiny insight into what's happening here because I have one friend who happens to know these people. All right, let's have a look here. Federal agents raided former Mayor Rudy Giuliani's uh, Manhattan apartment and uh, and office on Wednesday morning. Two law enforcement sources uh, briefed on the matter, told The Post. The agents executed a search warrant and seized electronic devices from both locations, one source said. The moves were tied to an investigation into Giuliani's dealings in Ukraine... According to reports, oh actually, let me let just throw a question out there to my to my guy, Sebastian Gorka. Um, okay, one more question, one more question. Uh, let's see here. So a resident, okay, uh, a resident of Giuliani's Upper East Side building on East 66th Street said that the doorman described the greetings, described greeting the agents at 6 a.m. and letting them pass when they displayed a search warrant. The raid marked an escalation in the Fed's probe of former, of the former mayor who's being investigated over whether he illegally lobbied former President Donald Trump on behalf of officials and oligarchs in Ukraine, according to New York Times. Uh The Ukrainian officials were also reportedly helping Giuliani dig up dirt on Trump's political rivals, including then-Democrat candidate Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. The warrant sought communications between Giuliani and other people, including political columnist John Solomon, who had communicated with Giuliani about the effort, the mayor's lawyer told the Wall Street Journal. So, specifically, I guess, they, they had authority... To try to seize any kind of communications between Giuliani and John Solomon, so it looks like this might be uh, an investigation into John Solomon, right? And uh, that Rudy Giuliani might just be sort of like an associate of John Solomon's, and so they're they've got this warrant to go after Rudy Giuliani to to, to get his uh, correspondence. Um, but but they do say here that, that this is somehow regarding his connection with people in Ukraine. I mean, this is this is also crazy. I mean, if you are trying to investigate the criminal activity of somebody abroad, right, somebody who's in another country, you've got to work with the people in that other country, right? If somebody commits a crime in another country, you go to that country and you dig up dirt in that country. Um, I don't know how that's a criminal activity. I don't know if that's how that's something that needs to be investigated. That doesn't make any sense at all, but let's keep reading. Uh, well, I will say this. Okay, so let me give you the little bit of insight that I've got now. Because of this connection between John Solomon and Rudy Giuliani, I think some people might suspect that this is, maybe they're just targeting Rudy or maybe they, they're just tra- targeting John or something like that. Uh, they also busted down the door of Victoria Tunzing's house. And here's the thing about that. So Victoria Tunzing and her husband and Giuliani and John Solomon, these are four of the people who have been the most aggressive in collecting evidence against Joe Biden in his dealings in Ukraine and collecting evidence against his son Hunter Biden. They're they're the ones who have really... Uh, been pushing for investigation, investigations into these people and collected a lot of evidence against them. Joe and Hunter specifically. So it's obvious what's happening here to me. It's obvious what's happening here to me. That they are <clears throat> targeting these good men for political persecution. Uh, so when I was reading about this and somebody was texting me talking about how maybe they're after John Solomon specifically. Um I went ahead and I texted uh Sebastian Gorka cuz he knows all these guys, right? And I said, "Do you think they're just after John Solomon or do you think they're after everybody? Do you think they're after all of them?" And he just wrote back, "All of them." They want they basically his position is that he thinks that this is kind of like a warning shot, right? They're trying to scare everybody. They're basically hello. Higher than that. <laughs> okay, so, uh, okay. So he's responding. Um. Okay. Okay. Do you think they're trying to hide all the Hunter stuff? Okay. So I, I, I was suspecting that maybe they because they really you know look the FBI has Hunter's laptop right. They've known for a long time what what Hunter's guilty of, what he's not guilty of they know what they can charge him on they know what they can investigate him for um they haven't done anything with that laptop right they've had it for ages i'm thinking what if they realize victoria Tunzing has some evidence giuliani has some evidence all these people have evidence can we like what do we do with it do we just like destroy it do we find it do we get rid of it so i've asked him i've asked sebastian Gorka, who knows all these guys do you think they're trying to hide the hunter stuff and Sebastian Gorka's written higher than that, although that's part of it. How do you get Hunter? How do you get higher than Hunter Biden? It <laughs> wasn't supposed to be a drug joke. Um, how do you get higher than Hunter Biden? Well, who's higher than Hunter Biden? His dad is higher. So I think they're trying to cover up stuff for Joe. You know, that's, that's what's being suggested here. And I think Sebastian Gork is right. And I don't think you'd mind me telling you that's what he's thinking. Um, yeah, they're going and they're trying to cover the tracks of Joe Biden. They're trying to cover up all the evidence of Joe Biden's wrongdoing. Um, when I asked him about the Hunter stuff, obviously I meant everything in the laptop, all the stuff that incriminates Joe Biden. Uh, but he's clearly responded, which I, I like. Uh, here's the thing about that. if If the FBI has all this dirt on Hunter, if they have all this dirt on Joe... And they can prosecute them if they want. They can investigate it, and then they can send it to the courts, and the courts can prosecute them. Um, this gives the FBI a lot of power. Now, I mention this a lot on my show. I mentioned, I'm mentioning it in the new videos that I'm going to put out here on my Mr. Reagan channel. Um, the CEO of Overstock, and I don't know... Look, I'll be honest. I don't know how many people have started, like, just disregarded what this guy has to say. His name's Patrick Byrne. His name's Patrick Byrne, okay? And he said a lot of stuff that sounds pretty crazy, conspiracy theory type stuff. And a lot of people have just dismissed him as a kook, as a nut job. But the guy's like a multimillionaire, like he's got hundreds of millions of dollars. And I don't know what he has to gain from lying about this stuff. People are like, oh, he's lying. You know, he's just they're just dismissing him. I've never heard anybody say he just, he's lying. I've never heard anybody say that the stuff that he's saying is not true. I've just seen a an apparent lack of enthusiasm to cover what he's been saying. And there's an interview on my channel. You should look it up. Patrick Byrne, Overstock CEO. I, I don't know what I called it. I, in fact, you know, I'm going to look it up because it's that important. Uh, let's see. YouTube. I'll go to my Mr. Reagan channel. Okay, but what he says in this video. Why is Jordan Peterson? That's my that's my little trailer, which I have to change because it's been there forever. All right, videos. What well, Patrick Byrne says in this uh, video. Nope, I don't have it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's it. Is it so? I compiled I compiled a bunch of uh, interviews uh, with Patrick Byrne and various people. These are different interviews over time, where he's basically saying he's got all this stuff on on Hillary Clinton and nobody's nobody's paying attention to it. This I mean, let's see how many views I got on here seventy seven thousand views, but it needs to get more. Everybody needs to watch this video. All right, I called this video "Hillary Accused of Accepting Eighteen Million Dollar Bribe." So this guy, according to this interview that he does, he says that he was approached by the FBI to wear a wire and go in and talk to Hillary Clinton. He was supposed to set up a meeting between her and some kind of foreign dignitary, right? This foreign dignitary was then going to bribe Hillary Clinton with $18 million, and Hillary Clinton was, you know, going to react. He was going to get it on tape. He was going to take it to the FBI, and then, you know... Presumably, they would send her up, right? They would, they would have her be prosecuted, and she'd go to prison. So it worked, right? According to Patrick Byrne, he went in, he interviewed, or he set the, set up the uh, he set up the uh, meeting between Hillary and this guy. The guy offers the money. Hillary accepts the bribe. Accepts the bribe. This is back when she's the um, Secretary of State, and. Okay, done. Work done. The guy's a national hero, right? He feels good about himself. He's done this great thing. Then later on, he meets up with his FBI guy, his like, contact of the FBI, and he says, Hey, uh, what's going on with the Hillary thing? I haven't heard anything about that. It's not that he's expecting it to be on the news and stuff, right? He's like, "What? Well, I don't understand what's happening. And the, the guy says, Oh, no, no, no. you got to forget about that. That's That never happened. Patrick Burns like, But it did happen. Like, what's going on? The guy says... We're just going to use that, you know, dirt against her. This is back before the election, back before the 2016 election. Because we're just going to use that dirt against her to control her once she's president, right? This is what Patrick Byrne has said. And so he's sitting there thinking, oh, crap, you know, I didn't help out the country by putting away uh, a criminal, somebody who's a corrupt politician. I actually helped out other Corrupt actors in the deep state who want to control corrupt politicians. So then he realized, ah, you know, shoot, I just did this really bad thing. <laughs> you know, when you're doing the show, sometimes people send you important texts. So I pick up my phone and it's, uh, "Chris, get your membership for free, three years." Blah 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 blah. I don't even know what they're offering. It's some kind of BS thing. That that was a nice distraction. Thank you telemarketers. Anyway, um, so yeah, very important stuff, very important stuff. So uh, if Patrick Byrne's telling the truth, look, maybe he's crazy. I know people who know Patrick Byrne, they think that he's a a literal genius. Uh, One guy told me that if you name any date in history... He can tell you like all the stuff that happened on that date. Like you tell him your birth date, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's when this happened, this happened, this happened." All these celebrities were born on that day. He just like has all this trivia from that day. Like he's just like he's like a super genius or something. Um, is he crazy? Maybe I don't know him personally, but what like he sounds credible to me. Okay, what does this have to do with the Gi- Giuliani stuff? Because because. If the FBI has dirt on Biden, and this is something that I've said for a very long time, and if they have dirt on Hunter, I mean, these are very easy to control people, right? So the FBI would essentially control the White House, right? This would be the deep state controlling the the federal government. And this is, it's funny, actually, I've I've been doing a lot of research on conspiracy theories. And they classify this as a conspiracy theory, and technically it is, because it's not a, you know, it's not an accepted theory conspiracy by the establishment right so it's still a theory because it hasn't been accepted it's not being written about in the history books right no political science teacher is teaching that there is uh you know a cabal of deep deep state operators that are actually running the federal government even though clearly biden isn't running anything but who is running things you know that's something i've been trying to figure out obviously uh Obviously, you know there's it. It could be a lot of people that have influence over what's going on in in D.C. right now in the executive branch, in the White House. But I think that it's fairly clear the FBI has a hand in it. The intelligence uh, agencies in D.C. right now certainly have a great deal of control over what happens, over what uh, Joe Biden's doing. Now, do they? Do they? control every single policy? I don't think so. I'm not sure that it's in the FBI's best interest to meddle in things like, you know, green energy and, and you know, <laughs> the Black Lives Matter crap that they're doing, right? The uh, education, stuff like that. I don't think they care so much about that. Um, But maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they do. But It looks like the FBI does have control over Joe Biden. They do have control over Hunter. They can manipulate these guys in any way they wish. Uh, But if enough evidence was presented to the public to, to clearly destroy Hunter, to clearly destroy Joe Biden, it would remove the power of those federal agencies to control Joe Biden. So it's possible this whole operation, to some degree, has something to do with keeping Joe Biden safe, secure, not destroyed by Rudy Giuliani uh, or Victoria Tunzing or you know, um, you know any of the folks that are involved here, uh, John Solomon and whatnot. But but uh, you know, and 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 to some degree, I also think that it's kind of a like a thing like if if you continue to try to take out Joe Biden, if you continue to try to dig up dirt on Hunter and all this kind of stuff, we're going to take you out, right? Because they have no authority to go into Rudy Giuliani's house. They have no authority to do that. This is obviously a BS made up warrant. They have no, uh, what what do you call it? What You have to have like reasonable cause or something like that to get a warrant. Uh, I don't know, remember what the words are, but, you know, anyway, something like that. They have to have a good reason to get a warrant. There's no good reason to get a warrant on Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is not an enemy of the state. Rudy Giuliani isn't committing crimes. It's ridiculous. All right, let me read the rest of this article real quick. Uh, lawyer Robert Costello told the journal that the warrant outlined an investigation into the su- suspected violation of overseas lobbying regulations. <laughs> He's <laughs> lobbying. I, that Okay, come on. Giuliani was awakened by the feds who seized his cell phone and other devices, Costello told the ABC News. Why didn't his doorman call him? Some doorman he's got. Time to fire that guy. At Giuliani's office, they seized items, including a computer used by longtime assistant Joanne uh, Zafonte, who's been subpoenaed to appear uh, before a a federal grand jury next month, Costello said. They're trying to make Rudy Giuliani look like a criminal, Costello told ABC. He's done nothing wrong. Well, exactly. That's exactly what it is, right? They're trying to make him look like a criminal. They're trying to let him know we're in charge now. You're not. And we can do whatever we want, basically. it's it, This is total authoritarianism, you guys. And this is really the, why this is the biggest story of the day and, and maybe the biggest story of the year so far. I mean, aside from, like, maybe January 6th, but... Um, yeah, this is, this is, sorry, I'm, I'm, I need to put it back on that. This is the biggest violation, I think, maybe, I, I probably, possibly that I've ever seen of people's civil rights of the, the federal government, federal agents coming in and just terrorizing American citizens, regular American citizens. You're not allowed to investigate this. You're not allowed to do things we don't allow you to do. Right, this is tyranny, or tyranny, <laughs> even. Uh, this is this is how third world dictatorships work. Right, we're going to persecute our political enemies. Right, so we don't like these Republicans over here, so we're just going to send the Feds out to intimidate them, and if they don't obey, we're going to just send them to prison, send them to the Gulag. You know, this is how Soviet Russia worked. This is how Cuba works. This is how North Korea works. It's not how America is supposed to work, okay? We have criminals in the deep state, in the federal government right now, doing whatever they want. They do not care. They don't care about the law. They don't care about justice. They don't care about civil rights. They don't care about any of that. This America is very quickly becoming a third world dictatorship. All right, let's see here. Costello called the raids legal thuggery. I would say they're illegal thuggery, but yeah. Saying he'd repeatedly offered in vain to answer questions from investigators if they agreed to detail the subject of their probe. It's like I'm talking to a wall, he told the journal. Investigators in the Justice Department had tried for months to secure the search warrant, according to the Times. Huh. Investigators in the Justice Department had tried for months to secure the search warrant. That says a lot, right? They were hunting for a judge. They were hunting for some excuse to get this search warrant they didn't have just cause that's what I was looking for just cause they didn't have just cause to get a search warrant obviously but they kept on you know working it out until they got they figured it out they found people that were compliant and would give them that search warrant this is an illegal search this is an illegal search and seizure This is an illegal entry into his house. I don't care if they had a search warrant. Okay, this is illegal. Their search warrant is BS. Everybody knows it. This is obvious. Uh, Let's see here. Tried for months to get the search warrant. Prior to President Biden taking office, Trump appointees at the DOJ had tried to block approval of the warrant, the time said. Well, naturally... A spokesperson for the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York declined to comment. A call to Giuliani's cell phone went straight to voicemail Wednesday afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have a friend that's connected to these people and, they'll, and he'll respond to me and answer questions that I ask. Uh, this is unbelievable. But here's the thing. This is not shocking. This is not shocking. I mean, it's shocking, but it's not... It, it, it's totally in line with what you should expect from the Biden administration, right? These, these people are not... Um, they don't care about America in the same way that we do, right? They're not patriots. They don't care about civil rights. They don't care about the American people. They care about power. Consider what they're doing to the... uh the protesters from January 6th that walked through the Capitol building, right? Absolute political persecution. That's what it is, political persecution. They're trying to scare conservatives into obedience, right? You know how uh, how Biden keeps coming up and saying, we need unity, guys. We need unity. Where am I? We need unity. Unity is a code word. Unity means obedience. What he's saying is the left believes certain things, the left's cool, the left agrees with us, the left's great. We don't care if you burn down buildings, we don't care if you march in the streets and you know kill people, we don't care about any of that. If you're a leftist, that's cool, you're on our side. You're gonna vote for us, you're gonna keep us in power, you're good. If you're on the right, you're gonna give us a hard time. But we don't need you to be giving us a hard time. So what you need to do is you need to comply. You need to bend the knee, you need to submit to our authority. Then we'll all be unified. Don't you understand? All this suffering can end if you just submit to our authority. That's what the left is doing here, right? That's what the left is doing with Rudy Giuliani. That's what the left is doing with the protesters from January 6th. And we cannot let them do that. No, we will not comply. We will not submit. All right? We're concern- We're real patriots, okay? We care about freedom. We care about civil liberties. We care about America, Unlike you, power-hungry lunatics. Now, I want to go back for a minute and uh, revisit what happened during the Obama administration. Because remember, they kept saying Trump's a fascist. Trump's going to do all these things that are going to take. You know, he's going to like he's going to be king of America. He's never going to leave office. He's just this terrible, terrible man. He's going to strip all the the rights of all the black people away. If you're a black person, you're not going to have any rights anymore. If you're gay. You're not going to have any rights anymore. If you're a woman, we're going back to the 1950s, sister. You're going to have to be barefoot in the kitchen when Trump's in office. Of course, none of that crap ever happened. You know, you didn't have brown shirts knocking on people's doors when Trump was in office. Unless you were a Trump associate. And then, you know, you never knew what was going to happen. But yeah, but Trump never sent any any troops out to go attack anybody. To arrest anybody, to go, you know, search their their uh, their apartment unlawfully, just like try to make up an excuse for a warrant. Trump didn't do any of that kind of BS trickery because Trump didn't care about that kind of stuff. This is the stuff that happens when you are a politician first, and and a representative of the country second. Right? You care more about the power and the manipulation of the politics than you do about serving the people. Um. I don't even think that you could call them public servants second. I think that's like way down the line. I don't even think that's part of the equation, right? It's all strategy. It's all politics. And we're not necessarily even talking about politicians. A lot of these people are what we would call deep state operators, right? They're people that aren't elected. They're in the FBI or they're in some other part of the federal government. And they're there for so long. They make all these friendships. They make all these connections. And they can manipulate people in politics. They they actually have power over the politicians sometimes. Obviously, this is true in the case of Joe Biden. Let's have a look here. Jay Seklo. Victory. IRS admits Tea Party and other conservative groups were targeted during Obama era. You guys remember this? So back during the Obama era, the IRS was instructed to specifically to target conservative groups. And remove their nonprofit status, and charge them all kinds of absurd taxes because they wanted to destroy the Tea Party. The Tea Party was too powerful of a group when Obama was in power, and so they set out to destroy the Tea Party by overtaxing them. They used the IRS as a weapon, a weapon of the federal of the uh, executive branch of government. It was unbelievable. No, something like that had ever happened before. It's crazy. It just absolute abuse of power. Abuse of power. Let's look at another instance, Dinesh D'Souza. You guys remember this story? So Dinesh D'Souza had the gall to make a documentary speculating that Barack Obama actually didn't care that much about America. And in fact, he was an anti-colonialist, right? An anti-colonialist. An anti-colonialist was something that we weren't particularly aware of as a thing in America, right? Because Americans are all colonialists, right? We're all, we're all uh, colonists, right? I mean, the ancestors of Americans are colonists. Our founding fathers were colonists. So, well, I mean, obviously a lot of them were born here, but you know what I mean. So the the question, the question is really, um, what is an anti-colonialist and, and what is, like, why is that bad? And, and, you know, what's the story there? So Dinesh just makes this whole film uh, about dreams from my father, right? Dreams from my father which was Obama's book. And Obama's father was an anti-colonialist. So if his father had a dream, an anti-colonialist dream, and Barack Obama wrote a book called Dreams from My Father, obviously he was taking that anti-colonialist dream from his father, and then he was going to apply it in whatever way he could as president. And Dinesh D'Souza's position was that... Okay, so in in uh, India they have certain people who are anti-colonialists, right? Because the British had colonies in India and they, they hated, they hate Britain to this day. And Dinesh D'Souza says a lot of these people, they would love to just take Britain down, redistribute the wealth that they feel was stolen from their country. And it seems that many people around the world have this view. People in Africa have this view. Um, Barack Obama's father was from Kenya. They were also a British colony, right? And so there's this idea that America is a land of colonists. So if you have an anti-colonial view, taking America down might not be such a bad idea. Redistributing America's wealth to the rest of the world might actually be a very good, noble thing to do. And Dinesh D'Souza saw signs that that was in fact what Barack Obama was doing. He was actually the opposite of Trump it wasn't America first, it was America last. Let's take America's great wealth and redistribute it throughout the world because America is this evil nation founded on colonialism and the rest of the world would be improved with that money. So that was sort of the thesis of his film. Uh, when Dinesh D'Souza came out with this film and book, I, I think, uh, this, this was a very popular movie, right? And Barack Obama obviously didn't like it. So Dinesh D'Souza, who did commit some kind of a campaign finance, breach of campaign finance law, right? He gave too much money to a friend of his who was running for mayor of a town or something like that. And, uh, you know, he did this knowingly. He knew what the law was. He circumvented the law just trying to basically help out his friend. Now, these laws are set up specifically so that people don't have influence on politicians. That's really the only reason that we have those laws, but, you know, Dinesh D'Souza knew that he wasn't going to try to influence this person, you know, in their position as mayor or whatever position they were trying to get, but, so he thought, you know, it's okay, because I'm not violating the spirit of the law, I'm just violating the, you know, the the, like, specific, like, uh, the letter of the law, the letter of the law, and so he was trying to give too much money to this girl, and he knew it. And the federal government came after him. Now, they've never come after anybody quite so hard. Dinesh D'Souza talks about it um, very eloquently if you ever want to watch a video about it on YouTube. But Barack Obama's uh, Justice Department threw the book at him. Yeah, They uh, prosecuted him more severely than anyone has ever been prosecuted for that kind of uh, campaign finance violation like ever in the history of the country. Because he was a political enemy of Barack Obama. Barack Obama was notorious for persecuting political enemies. Do you remember Michael Flynn? I don't even think I have to go through Michael Flynn. We all know what happened there. Targeted by the FBI. Persecuted by Barack Obama's Justice Department. For what? To get at Trump. To try to take Trump out. Totally unethically, by the way. Uh, Here we go. Here's another one. James Rosen. You probably didn't even hear about this one. So... Barack Obama decided that he was going to go after this guy James Rosen. He was a Fox News reporter. Uh, the federal authorities secretly obtained the emails and tracked the movements of Fox News reporter James Rosen as part of an ongoing investigation of former State Department analyst Stephen Kim, who is charged with leaking classified a report on North Korea. Okay, this was universally universally regarded as persecution of a journalist that Barack Obama's Justice Department, Barack Obama's administration, Barack Obama himself maybe didn't like. They just didn't like this guy, so they just went after him. This was perfectly legitimate reporting that James Rosen was doing, and he was, he was persecuted by Barack Obama's administration because that's what Barack Obama's administration did. They didn't care about civil rights. They cared about winning. They cared about control. The, everything they accused Donald Trump of, Barack Obama was Eric Holder, okay, so this is from the A- AP, there was no possible justification for uh, phone record seizure, so Barack Obama's buddy here, Eric Holder, he did this with the AP as well, Associated Press, he went around and he just, he just seized communications from the AP in an investigation that he claimed was somehow justified to protect the country, even though it wasn't, this is just persecution of they were trying to intimidate journalists to fall in line, right? Notice a pattern here. The Associated Press revealed Monday that the Justice Department seized phone records for bureaus in New York, Washington, and Hartford, Connecticut. This is totally—this should never happen. This is super unethical, and it should be totally illegal, but it's happening through, you know, from law enforcement. And so they can, you know, they can kind of finagle it so that it's legal technically, even though it's not really legal, Uh, James Machen, uh, the U.S. attorney in Washington, notified the AP about the seizure in a Friday letter, but didn't explain why the call uh, records were taken. The records from April to May 2012 covered uh, 20 phone lines that were used by around 100 journalists, according to the AP. Um, Yeah. So again, they were just going after journalists to try to basically to try to intimidate them. That's the general consensus of what was what was happening there. They did not care about the civil rights of the people they were going after. In fact, they were i i believe they were knowingly violating their civil rights they were intentionally violating their civil rights they wanted to do that because they wanted they want people to know the laws of the United States of America don't apply to us if you think that you can use the law to protect you you can't you you have no protection against us you are totally vulnerable you are totally at our mercy we control you we can destroy you anytime we want they want to scare the hell out of every american Because then they can control every American. Do not step out of line. We can't let this happen, right? So this is what's happening now with Rudy Giuliani. This is what's happening now with uh, Victoria Tunzing. This is what's happening now with John Solomon. And this is what's happening now with the the protesters from January 6th. They're trying to intimidate everybody to fall in line. You will obey us. I'm not going to obey you. Okay? Come after me. All right. So, at the end of the day, I think this is probably one of the most uh, dire times in U.S. history with regard to civil rights. I think that if you if you could track, you know, the level of civil rights that Americans are able to have, right? I think that our quality of life, our um, our prosperity in America, it increased during Trump's. Ten years as president, then we hit the COVID pa- uh, pandemic, and Democrats just stripped us of all all, all of our civil rights. As the, the COVID vaccine went, you know, went into effect, and as these restrictions were lifted, we got more and more civil rights again. But now, the Justice Department, the you know FBI, the different uh, federal agents uh, and agencies, and you know Barack Obama's administration is like, no, 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 we gotta make sure that at least Republicans know, at least conservatives know, that, no, they have no civil rights. They have whatever rights we grant them. Right? So it's like, once again, just like deep dive. America has to know you live in a tyrannical dictatorship now. This is not a democracy anymore. All right. All right. Well, that's it for that. Uh, That was uh, that's depressing. (laughs) Let's move on to the next story. So this one, this one's a little bit more laughable. Uh, this is something I've been researching for a while now, uh, several days. And Joy Behar just comes out and claims, no joke, she claims no liberal bias in the news media. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is insane. Uh, let's go ahead and switch to that other review so you guys can see the story here. She says, "There's no liberal bias." Joy Joy Behar claims news outlets are basically balanced, except for Fox and MSNBC. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. This is demonstrably false. Uh, one thing that I've noted in a recent uh, video that I'm doing is that it's actually difficult for Democrats to be able to tell that they're being lied to anymore, or that their news is biased. And the reason that it's difficult for them to tell is that, um, like Pew and other, uh, like a lot of these research firms that used to used to do polling and used to do surveys on this kind of stuff. They've actually stopped doing surveys. They've actually stopped polling uh, things like this. Uh, they, what was it? Was it um, PolitiFact? PolitiFact used to do a thing where they would see what the the level of, I think it was the, the level of opinion versus the level of fact on each of the different news agencies. Um they rated CNN and Fox about the same and then MSNBC was like ridiculous you know but that was before the era of Trump right CNN as is like there's been a there's been two a, a producer a technical director and Van Jones have all three admitted that CNN intentionally lies to the public for ratings and to push the the leftist agenda they've all admitted to that um uh, Chris, uh, Chris Cuomo actually slipped up once you can find this video still online, slipped up once. And that's disgusting. Uh, slipped up once and said that, uh, you know, if, if, if uh, Hillary Clinton doesn't win the presidential election, he said, uh, he said, well, we've done everything we can do for her. Right. <laughs> he, he like accidentally admitted this on the air. Uh, that was pretty funny. But yeah, that that's that kind of slip up happens from time to time. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious that they're shilling for the left constantly. And Joy Behar is just too stupid to understand it. So let's look here. Uh this is from Virginia Kruta, associate editor at Daily Caller. Joy Behar claimed Wednesday that most news outlets with the exception of Fox and MSNBC are basically balanced. I I, be, I you know what the funny thing is? I bet she thinks her show is balanced. That's that's the really funny thing. <laughs> All the news agencies are balanced, including The View. I need to do another episode of "I Hate the View," or "I Love the View," depending on how I'm feeling that day. Discussion on ABC's The View about recent corrections on Fox News on reports of Vice President Kamala Harris's book being distributed in the U.S. Uh, at the us mexican border, and President Joe Biden plan to limit red meat consumption. And argued that uh, because there were both liberals and conservatives on all major outlets they were effectively balanced you know it's funny about that i don't even remember hearing about kamala harris's book being distributed on the u.s mexico border or joe biden's plan to limit red meat i mean i've heard the plan to limit red meat but i haven't heard the kamala harris book thing but you know what's funny about that neither of those stories are really that important right they're just kind of like fluff stories they're just nothing right It's, it's kind of stuff i don't really report on because they're not serious issues um But they're obviously something that uh, they care on The View, like, oh, you know, Fox got this wrong, therefore clearly Fox is fake news and they're all horrible. But let's go ahead and listen to these girls. I haven't actually heard this before, so this will be
1: interesting. What we've been talking yeah. about, talking about Fox and yes. and, and correcting untrue reports. Yeah. Uh, what's your thought? How effective is it for folks to push these false narratives only to come back and have to correct it? Yeah, uh, it's kind of like a big nothing burger. Um, <laughs> and I also think that... Um, A lot of times these things, these lies catch up to you. Look what happened to Trump, all his lying. lying. He lost the presidency, the Republicans lost the presidency, the the Senate and the House because of his lies. Richard Nixon had to resign in disgrace because of his lies. People find out. It's interesting also that Liz Cheney is the one who's speaking truth to power and they don't know what to do with her. She insists that she's right and she is. She's saying Trump had everything to do with the Capitol Six insurrection and they don't want to buy it. So we'll see who's lie It really stands up there. The other thing I want to just point out is the reason we didn't discuss Hunter Biden on this show is because even though the Post pushed the story, it was actually never vetted and never verified. More more likely uh, by various news outlets. And uh, there is uh, maybe you can say there's a liberal bias, but I watch a lot of a lot of news, and besides MSNBC, there's no liberal bias. There is basically balance on most stations. Um, ABC News, CBS news nbc news all of them have both conservatives and uh, liberals and so i think that it's a it's a incorrect to say that there is a completely liberal bias and there were, that's therefore fox and msnbc are the only ones who are really on the uh, the both ends of the spectrum in my opinion
0: it's like watching a, a german politician in the 1930s going I don't understand why everybody keeps saying that we are bigoted against the Jews. We love the Jews! I think Germans and Jews get along just fine. Nothing is happening. We keep sending them off to these beautiful camps where they are camping with their kids and they're enjoying the life so much and uh, everything is so nice. And I don't understand. Everybody says we are biased, but we are not biased. We are nice to Jews. We love Jews. Uh, That's what this kind of sounds like to me. Like, uh, you know, yeah, of course you know she's like as far left as you can get uh the stuff that she talks about on her, on the view what's amazing to me is she's been proven wrong so many times so many times i mean i've covered that stupid show for years and i can tell you that she's wrong about almost everything she says and sure some of the stuff kind of gets swept under the rug like you don't know, in fact i'm going to tell you guys i'm going to read you guys something this is going to be Kind of fun. So, this is an upcoming video that I'm doing. I'm doing an upcoming video, uh, and the video is called What is a Blue Anon? Right? And people on Twitter have started talking about Blue which is our kind of answer to QAnon. You know, the left keeps keeps telling us about how QAnon is this evil conspiracy thing that is just like overwhelming the Republican Party, and all Republicans are now QAnon conspiracy theorists. Uh, what's really funny is that uh, if you, if you, there's, oh God, I don't have it here, but there's um, there's research that indicates that actually, if you check to see what percentage of Americans have never heard of of QAnon at all, it's like 50% of Democrats have never heard of QAnon, which you expect 50% probably are going to hear it from the reporting from the left. Um, but what percentage of, of Republicans do you think have never heard of QAnon? It's something like it's like well over 70%. It's like 76%, I think, or something like that. Like well over 70% of Republicans. like So like 25% or something, more Republicans than Democrats have never heard of QAnon, right? And to me, that's such an indication of the disparity, the difference between how big the QAnon phenomenon is and how big the Democrat Party thinks the QAnon conspiracy theory, conspiracy phenomenon is, Right? So the Democrats keep p- pointing at this because they're like, "Oh, look, this this fringe group on the right, they believe all these crazy things." And the more they present it in the news, the more it gets, you know, the, the more this uh message gets absorbed into the minds of, of leftist voters who watch their stupid networks that like, "Oh yeah, the right is, is like the party conspiracy theories, right?" But I've been looking into it and I'd like to list for you guys. I'm going I was going to do this at the end of my blue and on video, which I will when I record it later today, but I'm also going to read it to you guys. These are all the different, what I would consider, blue and on conspiracy theories that have been believed by the left in recent years, and I'm definitely missing some. So if there's some that you guys think of, please comment at the end of the show once we're done with all the news, because I would like to add them to this list, but it's a pretty extensive list, and I'm going to read it for you real quick. These are the most egregious, debunked, blue and on conspiracy theories, right? And this is the the main key. These have all been debunked. These are all things that you can look up and you can verify are false very easily online anywhere, right? Um, Some of these stuff was more basic, like the first one is Republicans are racist. Okay, that's something you can verify just by talking to any Republican. Um, But you can also verify that by looking at statistics and polls and stuff like that. And you find Republicans are not racist. But anyway, let's go through these. Republicans are racist. Republicans are sexist. Republicans hate immigrants. Republicans hate gays. Republicans hate poor people. Republicans want to destroy the environment. Polar bears are dying. Glaciers are all disappearing. Human migration is caused by climate change. Uh, Climate change is an existential threat. Conservatives are anti-science. Conservative means a desire to revive the racist systems of the past. Uh, The prison system is a Republican effort to get rich off black slave labor. That's really that's really true. That they really believe that is a thing. That's it's crazy. Cops are racist. Cops kill over a thousand unarmed black men every year. That's a recent poll that they took and and I think it was something like forty-four percent of Democrats believe that over a thousand thousand unarmed black men are killed every year. It's crazy. Conservative means a desire to revive the misogynist systems of the past. Pro life men want to control women's bodies. Conservatives are all far-right extremists. Conservatives are against progress. Republicans hate immigrants. My wife is an immigrant, by the way. Uh, Melania Trump is an immigrant, by the way. Dinesh D'Souza is an immigrant, by the way. Trump's wall isn't to stop criminals or drug runners or human traffickers or terrorists. It's because he hates Mexicans. (laughs) So-called assault rifles are the cause of all the gun deaths in America. Conservatives are low IQ rednecks. Conservatives are greedy rich people. Uh, Christians hate gay people. Uh, Mike Pence promotes cons- uh, conversion therapy. America is systemically racist. America is run by the patriarchy. Voter ID laws are racist. Voter suppression. Uh, the political party switched in the 1960s. Conservative YouTubers are hired by Republican billionaires to spread right wing propaganda. I've been accused of this, and I've talked to other YouTubers who have also been accused of this. It's really weird. Um, I'm definitely not hired by a billionaire. I wish I was. (laughs) The Covington boys harassed the poor old Indian guy. Jesse Smollett was physically attacked by two racist white guys in MAGA hats. Brett Kavanaugh is a sexual predator. Uh, Trump sexually assaulted countless women. Trump is a fascist who wants to, who wants to rule the country like a king. Trump won't leave office until he loses re, uh, sorry. Trump will not leave office if he loses re-election. You remember that one? Uh, Trump used the judicial system to punish political enemies, which is what we talk, talked about. That's so funny because I wrote that last night. And then you had exactly that exact same thing happen in the Biden administration today, which is that's that's quite ironic, really. Um, let's see here. Trump threatened a uh, a Georgia official to coerce him into making. I put George official. That's not right. Georgia official to coerce him into making up false evidence of election fraud. That had to be retracted famously. Um, Trump policies put kids in cages. Trump policies tore immigrant children from their mothers. Trump persecuted journalists like a fascist dictator. I think I've shown that Barack Obama, in fact, did that and Trump did not. Um, Trump's international business businesses violated the emoluments clause. Remember that one from AOC? Uh, The Trump tax cut only benefited the rich. Not true. Trump told Americans to drink bleach. Trump called COVID a hoax. Trump stole the 2016 election by colluding with the Russians. That was kind of a big one. I hope you didn't miss that. Uh, Russian memes influenced the 2016 election. That was a real accusation from the left, that the Russian memes influenced the election. Uh, Russia altered vote totals in 2016. That was also real. Uh, Harry Reid said that. Uh, Trump is controlled by Vladimir Putin. That was... Uh, He was accused of being controlled by Vladimir Putin many times by Nancy Pelosi. Trump has been a Russian spy since 1987. That's not a joke. That is a real accusation. Uh, Trump is mentally unfit for office. Trump was good friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Trump forced the U.S. officials and the military officers to stay in uh, military officers. The military officers. Come on, Chris, get with the program to stay in Trump hotels. Trump called U.S. soldiers losers and suckers. Trump's quid pro quo with Ukraine. Hunter's laptop was a Russian hoax. Michael Flynn violated the Logan Act and then lied about it to the FBI. Trump supporters are white supremacists. Trump supporters caused the George Floyd riots. Trump supporters have been attacking Asians because because Trump called COVID the China virus. Uh, Trump ordered the COVID vaccine to be available before it was safe in order to help his 2020 re-election campaign. That was an accusation by Kamala Harris and is still believed today by people. Uh, Let's see here. Trump's postal service removed mailboxes ahead of the 2020 campaign. You remember that one? (laughs) The January 6th protest was an armed insurrection. Uh, Donald Trump incited the January 6th insurrection, so-called insurrection. Uh, January 6th protesters planned to kidnap and murder Democrats. They still believe that, which is crazy. Um, Republican congressman planned and facilitated the January 6th insurrection. Yeah, a lot of people were. A lot of the. Yeah, anyway, I don't want to get into that. Republican congressman tweeted out the location of Nancy Pelosi's January uh, on January 6th in order to get her killed. <laughs> that was that was uh, an accusation by several democrats including aoc trump supporters are violent uh conservatives are planning to take over washington dc so we need the national guard permanently stationed there to protect it uh joe biden is the most popular president in history yeah that's a pretty bad conspiracy theory that blue and on has out there uh if the news reported reports black crime conservatives will go berserk and start lynching black people. If you ever wondered why none of the most egregious black crimes are ever reported in America, that's why. They genuinely think that you and I are going to run around the streets lynching black people because we'll be so furious that black people committed crime, as if we've never heard of black people committing crime before. Um, Conservatives lie about their true motivations and intentions. That's a really frustrating one. And finally, conservatives are all crazy. Conspiracy theorists. That, to me, is... One of the most egregious conspiracy theories of the left—that we are the conspiracy theorists. So, if you found that exhausting, and I certainly did, uh, that's because it's a very extensive list, and that's just all the ones I could think of last night. Um, but yeah, this idea that Republicans are conspiracy theorists is is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay, the that list that's that's not a list of like fringe beliefs. Okay. I didn't include the fringe stuff. Right, there's definitely some fringe stuff on the left as well, especially like with, um, like Louis Farrakhan stuff with like, uh, you know, black people invented everything, and you know, white people are the creation of a, an ancient African by the name of Yakub, and we're all basically demon spawn. Um, I didn't include those things. Why? Because that's fringe left stuff, right? That's not blue and on blue and on. In my view, is the conspiracy theories that are perpetrated by the mainstream media, right? If you go and you watch CNN, you will see all of these things that I mentioned expressed by the people on CNN. Probably most of those have been expressed by Joy Behar herself. And she's sitting there and she's trying to convince you that, oh, actually, no, it's, it's, uh, the, there's no leftist bias in the media. If all of those things that I've read off have been expressed by not just the left wing media, but the mainstream left-wing media like cnn new york times places like that and all of those things have been disproven or shown not to be true or are very easily demonstrably false who is who is perpetrating the propaganda out there it's clearly the left-wing media these are all leftist ideas none of these things are obviously conservative ideas um anyway so uh, I, i mean i could read the story but you guys have heard what she had to say So you can judge for yourself whether or not she's a complete loon. I think we all know uh, what the answer to that is. Okay, so um, it was a fun story to report, but at the end of the day, what did we learn? We learned that Joy Behar is insane. I think we all knew that already. (laughs) All right, next story. Valeria? Damn, she's not here. Okay, I will read it myself. One moment, please. Uh Uh-oh, wrong document. All right, there we go. The Anti-Defamation League says that Twitch should censor even more. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Okay, so I don't know if you guys know what Twitch is. Probably most of you don't know what it is. Some of you probably do. Uh, Twitch is basically like YouTube for gamers. So if you're somebody who likes to play video games and you want to stream it to other people who like watching people play video games, then you can do that. Um, When Twitch first came out, I remember vaguely hearing about it and one thing that was kind of a an interesting phenomenon is you had like like hot girls who would play video games and they'd get these massive twitch followings it was kind of like a it was kind of like a a somewhat innocent form of like of like not i wouldn't say prostitution but you know what i mean like almost like sexual exploitation but at like a very very sort of like low key level uh <laughs> i remember thinking like wow that's kind of a weird thing but i mean it's kind of cool because at the end of the day like Certainly, um, is, to some degree, that's what actors are, right? That's what actors are. Um, actors are often compared to prostitutes, right? Um, and the reason is because I think, if you think about what what is a prostitute, I mean, well, okay, I don't want to get into that, but um, a lot of people want to have some kind of connection with people around them. And as the world becomes more and more digitized and less and less... Uh, you know personal like we're we're actually not running like we're not interacting face to face much at all anymore like i very rarely go out of the house i very rarely meet with friends um and so yeah i get a lot of my socialization needs met by watching tv shows you know there's i like i like to watch british comedies and i like the people on those british comedies i think they're charming people i could be friends with them and hang out with them in person i would but i can't because i'm you know in Los Angeles and I don't know them <laughs> so I don't uh, there are people in Los Angeles that I do like that I do spend time with that I do go and visit uh, I do spend a lot of time on the phone with friends that I'm close to but that live far away um but also I watch TV and and I think that's some, something similar to like watching Twitch even if it's just like a hot gamer girl you know people I think who don't have a girlfriend you know and they just want to see some like cute girl playing video games and chatting and you know it kind of gives them the sense that they, they they've got somebody there with them hanging out um i'm trying i'm probably making it sound more sad than it actually is but anyway the concept of twitch is that people are just watching people play video games live that's twitch you can do other kinds of shows on twitch too but that's the main use for twitch and very much like youtube like twitter like facebook all these places uh twitch censors users, right? I think uh, Donald Trump is actually banned from Twitch. But anyway, let's go ahead and read some of this article. So the Anti-Defamation League, who, who's, you know, it's, it's this far-left organization, they want Twitch to censor people even... Of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, the far-left Anti-Defamation League has said that Twitch and uh, the Amazon-owned video streaming platform should invest even more resources into censorship tools. Even if the platform banned Donald Trump twice... Uh, first temporarily during the campaign season, then permanently in January. Uh, Twitch streams are usually accompanied by a live chat feature, which can be censored by moderators appointed by streamer the streamer in question. In these community moderated chat rooms, the Anti Defamation League is targeting. Oh, it is these community based. So you're not allowed to chat the wrong things, or the Anti Defamation League will want you kicked out. Uh, let's see here. We found that certain aspects of Twitch, when used effectively can make its spaces more resilient against harassment and, uh, than other platforms. For example, text messages in Twitch chat are ephemeral. They, they cannot be uh, engaged with individually like content on platforms like Facebook, where options to like and reply to specific comments appear even on comments on live streaming video. Oh, they, they don't speak very well, do they? Uh, other factors appear to be the extensive and customizable uh, suite of tools Twitch provides to community moderators to address hate However, this suite is not consistent across uh, Twitch as the platform that plagued uh, a recent Twitch event hosted by... Wait, what? As the problems that plagued a recent Twitch event hosted by comedian Jimmy Fallon on April 6th shows. And even platform announcements, uh, announcement events hosted by Twitch itself have turned into spaces full of hate and harassment. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, you know I'm not I'm not pro hate and harassment I I don't like that sort of thing um but I am for free speech and um I'm not going to read this whole article but I'm going to say this Here's the problem with Twitch okay and and this is kind of to some degree the problem with the internet generally and especially Twitter is is a huge problem with this A lot of the people that go on the internet are like teenage boys right like 12 13 year old teenage boys um because because the term blue on on was actually censored from Urban Dictionary, right? Which I think it was Jack uh, Prosobic? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Said that uh, it was the first time he'd ever heard of anything being censored on on Urban Dictionary. And and he's totally right. Um, Urban Dictionary does not censor words, right? The whole concept of Urban Dictionary is it's like ugly slang words and stuff like that. So they censored Blue Anon. They censored blue on specifically political speech. Blue on that's the weird thing about what's going on right now. You can really say anything, like on on Twitter, you can post pornography on Twitter, but you cannot say certain political things on Twitter because those are dangerous. And the same thing's going like well, with Twitch, but um, but with blue on. So I looked up the n word on Urban Dictionary just to make sure that it was there because it's like urban dictionary is like well you can put the n word that's not a problem but you can't put blue and on that's dangerous right so i went on blue and i looked up the n word and it had a little audio thing where you could listen to the word being pronounced and i was curious how they like w- if they were willing to do that cuz i was thinking like that that's actually I'm, I'm i'm actually kind of surprised that they would actually put the little audio file there and allow that to be there uh, for that word Um, But they totally did. So I pushed it. I pushed the button to listen to it to see if it's some kind of like digital audio, you know, pronunciation thing. But it wasn't. It was actually somebody recorded their voice saying it. But if you go to um, Urban Dictionary and you go to the N-word and you play the little audio clip, it's not the voice of like a professional, uh, you know, voice recording artist. It's the voice of like a 12-year-old boy right? So it's obviously some kid who thought it would be funny to put the audio in there, right? And that's the problem with our, like, hyper-censorship society right now. It's like, a lot of times when I was growing up, I I wasn't actually that bad of a kid. I I was a pretty good kid uh, in in the sense that, you know, I like to get up to mischief, but I wasn't I wasn't, like, intentionally crass or vicious or nasty. I wasn't trying to, like, get into fights. I wasn't trying to um, commit arson or, you know, or like uh, I wasn't into vandalism or anything like that. Right. I, w- I wasn't like a bad kid, but I knew a lot of kids who were bad kids and the kids who were interested in getting up to trouble, they wouldn't have thought twice. I don't think about saying the N word. I don't specifically remember anybody saying the N word in particular, but I, I doubt that any of them would have cared what one way or another saying that word specifically. But it wasn't because they were racist. See, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I grew up with a kid uh, uh, named Brian, black kid. And, you know, we used to ride bikes. We used to hang out like just like normal kids, whatever. And uh, I don't I really I I would say 99 percent of the time I never thought about the fact that he was black, except when it would be brought up. Right. Except when it would be brought up, not necessarily by him, but by other people basically talking about how he's oppressed and stuff like that. I mean, even back then, this was like, I I guess, 1993. 1993, 1994, something like that. And, you know, we're just running around 13-year-old kids goofing off. We didn't, I mean, whatever. I never saw anybody be racist against him. Not in my hometown, anyway. And, like I said, there were bad kids. I mean, there were kids that were a bit vicious. And I'm sure they would have said the N-word to him if they didn't like him or something like that. But it wasn't because they were racist. It was because they would probably know that that was something that would upset him, that would bother him. And he wasn't like you know, one of the coolest kids in school. I certainly wasn't one of the coolest kids in school. People didn't like us particularly. So I could see that happening. But again, kids don't necessarily think through what they're doing, right? They're not necessarily motivated by the same thing an adult might be. Um, and, and even adults sometimes make that kind of mistake, you know what I mean? They might be pissed off at somebody say, oh, that person's fat. And, uh, I know it'll upset them if I call them fat, and so even though it's socially unacceptable, I'm going to yell "Hey, fatty!" at them, despite the fact that I know it's really quite cruel and mean. You know, that's that's the point, really. I mean, they're trying to be cruel and mean. Um, so, in the same way, somebody might yell out the word the N word, right? Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're a racist they're, I, I think that we've 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 associated a lot of things with being racist or being a bigot or being a hateful person, um, which aren't necessarily appropriately associated with that thing. And, and granted, I'm a very optimistic person. right? I'm a very positive person. So certainly, there are some times when somebody is a racist person, they are trying to attack somebody for their race, they are trying to be a bigot, or whatever. But I don't think that's always true. And I certainly don't think that's always true with kids. Um, and so when you're trying to moderate something like Twitch, which is mostly made up of teenage boys, like what the hell are you going to do guys? They're savages. Teenage boys are savages. I don't care if you're black or white or, you know, Japanese or Taiwanese or South American or African or Russian or what teenage boys are savages. Okay, I mean, you get in trouble saying that about Native Americans, but I was a teenage boy. I can say it about myself. <laughs> we are savages, all right. We, I remember when AOL came out. Okay, so I got my first computer like in like 1994, or maybe 1993. I can't remember. And we had AOL chat rooms. I don't know if you guys remember those. And I would go on, and I, I would like like just like today i would troll people you know i would troll people i wasn't really i wasn't that brutal cuz i wasn't like i wasn't trying to be super mean or anything but i would go on and if i saw somebody who was trolling and attacking somebody i would like troll them back right so i was kind of like dexter i guess right i was like murdering serial killers right? so i'd go in and i'd find somebody who was a troll and just for fun i'd be like you know troll versus troll and i'd like try to troll them back and see if i could uh could say something that was more clever than them basically that was the extent of it and so i was like fourteen, fifteen, like ah, ha, 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 you know and i was you know whatever i thought maybe I, w- I i don't know what i was thinking but um yeah you're just trying to be clever trying to outsmart people trying to be funny and you know i would g- get attention in the chat rooms people be like oh that guy's hilarious and and uh you know it was a bit of fun uh you talk political stuff sometimes and, and whatnot but uh I don't necessarily think these kids are bad kids. I don't think these, you know. Certainly there needs to be some moderation just for practical concerns. Because if you have people who are like congesting the chat with uh, their trolling, then other people don't get a chance to talk and stuff like that. That's bad, right? You want to be able to sort of free up speech and let everybody speak. Um, But if it's just somebody saying something you don't like, you know what? Just f off. Enough censorship, guys. Enough censorship. Just all the censorship just needs to go away. Okay? Yeah, yeah. If somebody's clogging up the chat, yeah, get rid of them. Okay, I understand that, right? That's a good reason to get rid of them. If they're just like typing the letter A over and over and over again so nobody else can chat. Yeah. Get rid of that guy. That because that's a that's a technical issue, right? You're you, that's not you're not censoring somebody's speech. You're just getting rid of a <laughs> like a problem. But Yeah, enough censorship. Enough censorship. Enough censorship. If Democrats can reiterate all the lies that I said, uh, that I mentioned earlier in the show, if they can reiterate all those lies over and over and over again, day after day, on CNN and MSNBC, and there's never any consequence. Oh, we're just going to lie to you and it's fine, and just believe us. And if we're wrong, we won't have to burn a retraction because we're CNN and nobody, you know, we're just we're above reproach, uh, despite the fact that we lie to you every single day, all day. If they can do that, then, like, a 14-year-old boy can, like, you know, call you fat or say that your mother's a prostitute or something like that. Like, it's fine. Like, just let the kids alone, okay? Just back off. All right. I think we have one last story. Um. So this story is a little bit controversial, I would say. Because... I know this guy. So this guy is a white nationalist. Uh, He's the kind of guy even conservatives hate. (laughs) Uh, Now, I've spoken to Nick a few times. Uh, We've chatted. Uh, You know, he's kind of an odd guy because he's got a lot of views that are very smart. He's like a super, super smart guy. Super smart guy. Very young but very, very smart. In fact, I would say he's too smart. He's so he's so intelligent that he has basically been able to corner a market and get a fan base that's very, very loyal, but a bit volatile. And I think to some degree it has hurt him because he's taken such a provocative position on so many issues. And I confronted him on one of them when we were at CPAC. I was like, dude you know basically on the interracial marriage stuff he's like he's like against inter- interracial marriage <laughs> and before you say oh what a what a degenerate white white nationalist nick fuentes is what a degenerate what a racist consider this throughout the world and i've traveled to to several different countries around the world and i've met people from all around the world really from like literally everywhere i can say unequivocally that the vast majority of people on the world in the world are against interracial marriage like everybody like if you go to japan they're against interracial marriage if you go to india they're against interracial marriage if you go to iran they're against interracial marriage if you go to you know russia they're against interracial marriage if you go to south america they're against interracial marriage into different places, you know, to some degree. And, you know, China, uh, Africa. If you go to Africa, some pl- some tribes in Africa will not let you marry somebody else from another tribe next door, even though you're genetically identical because you're from the other tribe, right? I mean, it's crazy. You know, it's like the, it's like the Montagues and Capulets. Is that it, right? All over the world, it's like that. All over the world, it's like that. Everybody hates interracial marriage. The only people who don't hate interracial marriage are white northern Europeans. That's it. We're the only ones. People from the UK, people from the Nordic countries, people from the Germanic countries. That's basically it. Any Germanic region and the places that the Germans conquered throughout the world, we're we're all okay with interracial marriage. We're we're uh we're the anti races We're basically the only anti races in the world. When I say Germans or Germanic, what I mean is um, there is this sort of co- concept of the proto-Germanic people, right? The proto german people who spoke these proto-Germanic languages. And it's basically everybody who lives in what we would consider modern-day Germany, plus all the other sort of Germanic language countries like Poland, Switzerland, um, Austria, these kind of places. Czech-, Czech Republic, I think, to some degree. Oh, the wife is here! The wife is here, darling. You want to pull up a chair? And uh, but then also the Nordic countries—Sweden, uh, uh, Norway, Denmark—all those places—they're all basically. We're all basically related. All those people are basically related. The Germans and the Swedes and the—you know—you go back far enough, we're all kind of the same people. But then also the Anglo Saxons. So like, so the Saxons, some of them moved into uh, um, England in that region. So they're all Anglo Saxons, right? Um, and then obviously they had a, a strong cultural influence on the Scots and the, and the, and the Irish, uh, the Celts and the Picts and, and all those folks. So basically the Ger- German region, what you would call like the Germanic peoples, um, from, from those different countries they went out and they took a bunch of different places like the, the people from the Netherlands who were also Germanic. Um, they went out and they conquered a bunch of Africa. Um, the British obviously conquered North America. They they took, you know, d- different parts of the world, or, you know, different Germanic groups took different parts of the world. You also had the Portuguese. You also had the French taking different parts. But at the end of the day, the only people who have as a strong ethic anti-racism are the ancestors of those various Germanic peoples throughout Europe. Including myself, right? And I think this is right. I think this is the right way to be. I think that it is right to say... And what I said to Nick was, I said, look, I, I I get the instinct because I think there is an instinctual desire for your kids to marry people of the same color or, or the same tribe or whatever it is. That tribal thinking, I think, is innate in all of us. I said, I understand where you come from there, right? Even uh, Muhammad Ali, there's a great video. If you want to go on YouTube and watch Muhammad Ali... Interracial marriage, hilarious. He's like, he's like, you don't see, you don't see the robin getting with the blue jay, do you? (laughs) He's like, he's like, no. He's like, "You, you don't see these different birds getting together. So he's like, he's like, why should, why should black people and white people get married? It's funny, man. You should watch that video. So I get it. Like I get where he's coming from. It's actually not that provocative anywhere else in the world, except for. North America and Northern Europe and like Australia, South, South Africa, places like that. But throughout most of the world, saying interracial marriage is bad is actually normal. Most people would agree with him, with Nick. So I I don't think of it as badly as most people do. That said, he knows how bad it's perceived in North America. So he knows he's being provocative by saying something like that. However, I I decided to present this case to him because I don't think, because to me, it's a very cruel thing to say that interracial marriage is bad. And the reason I think it's cruel is because it's not that easy to meet somebody you fall in love with. It's not that easy for anyone. It's not that easy for good-looking people. It's not that easy for, like, uh, charming people. It's not that easy for anyone. But imagine if you're, like, kind of ugly, not that charming, not very, don't, you don't have any money, and you need to meet somebody, and the only pe- person that you meet is, like, a Mexican girl, and but she's she's, like... She's like very beautiful, very charming. You, you think she's great. She's Mexican, so oh, I can't I can't be with her cuz she's another race. Why why would you do that? Why would you limit yourself in that way? That's crazy, right? You should never limit yourself that way. That that's just like that's just like I'm going to reduce my quality of life for the rest of my life and be miserable cuz I don't want to marry somebody of a different race. That's just so stupid. So I was like, Nick think about this think about all those poor losers who desperately want to meet somebody and be with somebody and they can't because they're like oh you know Nick Fuentes says I shouldn't marry somebody of a different race uh and Nick's like I don't know that's just what I think (laughs) that was his whole response and he had his whole like crew behind him of these like you know teenage thugs being like whoa what come on Nick take him out and Nick's like yeah, I, I don't I don't got anything. That's what I think. I'm like, alright. That's that's what you think. That's what you think. I just know, you know, we couldn't really argue because I don't think there's there's no real rationale to it. It's just how he feels. Okay, fine. Fine. Lots of people around the world feel the same way. I can't I can't sit there and like point at him and say you're an evil a-hole because of that, but he does know it's provocative. So apparently this guy, Nick Fuentes, he's been placed on a no-fly list. Now there is a catch to this at the end. There's a sort of twist ending. But Here's the problem. There does seem to be a lot of people that were at the protest January 6th who have been put on no-fly lists. This was reported by Tucker Carlson recently. Uh, And these people are reported. In the wake of the Capitol riot on January 6th, there have been anecdotal accounts circulating about people who were either in attendance at the riot that day or simply at the previous Trump rally (coughs) being placed on the no-fly list. Shoot. Here we go. On no-fly lists and being... Unable to move about freely, Tucker Carlson reported in this latest curtailment of liberties. Sorry, reported on this later, latest curtailment of liberties uh, on Tuesday night. That's not very good writing. Um, Carlson said that no matter what the political views a person holds, whether far right, far left, or anything in between, their travel should not be limited because of them. A hundred percent. The people at the Capitol on January sixth—they're not violent people. They're not bad people. I don't know what people, I don't know what the government is thinking they're doing, putting them on a no fly list. You are curtailing civil liberties just because you don't like somebody's political position. Anyway, so this is what, uh, Nick Fuentes has reported this happened to him. This is popularized by Elijah Schaefer, who happens to be a good friend of mine. Uh, He says, Nick Fuentes, one of the most banned right-wing commentators online, was recently put on a no-fly list. I should should say, I've talked many times with, many times, a few times with Elijah Schaefer about Nick Fuentes, especially when he sort of blew up and became very well known in the media. And we both disagree with Nick Fuentes on most political issues, like Elijah Schaefer uh, and I disagree with Nick Fuentes. But Elijah did have Nick on his show and uh, and he was like, yeah, Nick Fuentes' his fans are crazy and they've been attacking me ever since and trolling me and and like giving me a hard time. So Elijah was like, don't have Nick on your show because I was going to have him on my show and I was, because we, you know, whatever. But Elijah was like, don't do it, don't do it. His fans are crazy. And I met some of his fans and actually some of the people that are fans of Nick Fuentes I think are actually very good people. I, I think this whole white nationalist thing, is kind of blown out of proportion. I'm not a white nationalist. I don't agree with white nationalist views. I don't believe in the ethno state in America or anything like that. But um, they're not necessarily just like evil people. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Fuentes presented a video. Okay, let's just play the video. Here we go. Hey, I'm sorry. Who did
1: you say to talk to down there? Um, you could try talking yeah. to it's say bad. I'm not. We're not saying that they're gonna give you an answer or they have an answer. But who? But you pointed down there. Who's down there? There's probably a guy with the blue shirt. Oh, just like a security guy. Yeah, but I'm not sure they'll have an answer for you. Okay. Okay. And there's no way I could get on this plane. No, you cannot. allow... They're not letting you fly with Southwest. With Southwest, I'm but not sure maybe about Delta, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. I know that was a TSA number. I'm not sure if you're blocked from all, just the no flight list. Did they because, give you a reason? No
0: it's a no fly list you said i'm not sure oh, okay all they right just
1: to- they just allowed- told me that you're not allowed to fly okay, okay? All that's right. all they told
0: me okay bye right, thank you okay. okay so what's weird about this isn't that he's on a no-fly list that happens for a variety of reasons what's weird about this is nobody will tell him why um Michelle Malkin filed a Freedom of Information Act requesting to get a clear picture of what's going on. Michelle Malkin asks for uh, the policy statement outlining the process and criteria according to which officials nominate, consider, and approve names for the no-fly list, uh, select T-list, and extended select T-list, all information, documents, records, and communications within the TSA and or between TSA and FBI regarding attendees. Of the January sixth, two thousand one, capital rally, and their inclusion of the no, on the no fly list, selectee list, and extended selectee list uh, from January sixth. 2021 through the present. I love that. I love Michelle Malkin. She's awesome. Michelle Malkin uh, also wanted to know the level of classification of the information and the specific authority which classified this information, as well as the specific classification categories of this information, as well as identification, blah, 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 blah. A lot of shuns in this uh, paragraph. Anyway, she asked for a lot of stuff. Uh, Michelle Malkin writes, filed a Freedom of Information Act request, uh, no fly list status, blah, 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 blah. She just says what she did there. And, uh, so this is my buddy, Elijah, again, he's reposted this thing. Um, and according to blaze media staff, okay, so blaze media looked into this, right? That's where Elijah Schaefer works for blaze. Uh, so this chick named, uh, Ricky Ratliff, I don't actually know Ricky, um, writes, I asked DHS why white nationalist Nick Fuentes was on TSA no fly list. And they told me to ask the FBI, and then the FBI said, in keeping with standard practice, we can neither confirm nor deny whether an individual is listed. If Fuentes is a national security threat, don't we deserve to know that? And doesn't he deserve to know why he's on a no-fly list? I would want to know why I'm not on. A, I'm, I'm on a no-fly list if I wasn't able to fly. The FBI would not confirm or deny. Fuentes has not been convicted of anything with regards to the Capitol riot in January six. Yet it appears that he's being denied his right to move. But now here's the uh, okay. So this a bunch of people commented on this. Uh, Inez Stepman wrote, uh, "Nick Fuentes is obviously an idiot with evil views, but uh, I, it shouldn't. It, it should worry some everyone." Mino read today. Uh, but it should worry everyone that airlines are ramping up political tests to fly. You don't need to send people to jail for wrong think if you can functionally bar them from normal life via private companies. That's right. That's right. She makes an excellent point. Like, if you can just basically stop companies from letting people buy your products or services... Uh, then you don't need to put them in prison because they're effectively in prison, right? What are they going to do, like walk to places? Well, you can't use the gas station, so you can't use your car. Uh, You can't use the airplane. You can't use the train, so you're just stuck in your house for the rest of your life. Oh, and you can't shop for groceries, so you're just going to starve to death. Uh, Let's see here. Daily Wire's Matt Walsh also commented. uh, Matt Walsh. Uh, says the government putting citizens on no-fly lists for their political views is a major issue, and all freedom-loving Americans should answer to the transparency, blah, 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 blah. Okay, but here's the twist. I'm going to get down to the twist. The twist, the twist, the twist. So, Robbie Suave, who I also know, uh, and I did a panel with Robbie, actually. Uh, he writes, uh, no-fly list my ass don't—oh, well, he posted something that somebody else posted— no-fly list my ass, don't bully flight staff, and maybe the airline won't ban you from flying on their plane. So he says that he got kicked off once, Nick Fuentes posted this uh, before, that he got kicked off a plane once for not wearing his mask properly, which is also, by the way, really stupid. But if that's true, then he's not actually on the no-fly list you know, by the federal government. He's on, like they say, the Southwest Airlines no-fly list, something like that. Um. So is it that the federal government has put him on a no-fly list, or is it just Southwest Airlines didn't want him to fly because of the mask thing? I don't know. I don't know. If it's a federal government thing, I think it's a huge violation of civil rights. I think we should be infuriated. If it's a Southwest Airlines thing, why don't they just tell him? Why don't they just tell him what it is? And if and if he's not on a no-fly list, why doesn't the FBI just say, no, he's not on a no-fly list? Why do they got to keep it a secret? So obviously there's something suspicious going on here. Either that, or it's really just being mismanaged, how they're discussing this. I uh, never thought I'd be on here defending Nick Fuentes, um, but I do, you know, he got kicked off all social media, and I defended him at the time uh, by saying that uh, you can't just ban people from the internet because you don't like their ideas. It, you know, as grotesque as you might find them, you've got to be able to give... You, people have got to be given the opportunity to express their ideas, and then we can hate them or we can love them depending on, you know, where we, where we stand. But to just, like, deny people the opportunity to speak... Indefensible. This is also indefensible. We are stripping people of their civil liberties because we don't like how they think. That is un-American. That's terrible. That's not the way democracy or our our world should be, our, our country should be. Yeah, I think the rest of the world should follow suit and we should have... Free expression of ideas and things like that everywhere, but we don't, and we always looked at other countries and we said this is this is despicable, this is terrible that they don't present provide people with their freedom of expression. you know look at these dictatorships, look at how evil they are. We have become one of those despicable countries it's horrifying the the you know the federal government is being weaponized against people now, like rudy giuliani i mean it's it's unbelievable. darling, could you kill the cat, please <laughs> and with that. We end the news, but we are not done yet because I would love to read the questions and comments that you guys have presented to me throughout the broadcast. But, of course, I can't keep track of Super Chat, so I've lost most of what you've said. But I'll try to read what I can find here. Mark in Alberta writes, I think I'll start an OnlyFans, and if you don't sign up, you might be transphobic. (laughs) That's too funny. I thought it would be funny once if uh, because I heard about OnlyFans and I thought somebody told me about it and I thought it was like just like a a, like a site for like strippers or something like that. And so I thought it'd be funny because it sounded just like a a regular social media site. I thought it'd be funny to do a sketch as if um, AOC signed up for OnlyFans, but she didn't know that it was like a pornographic site. She's just like, hey, guys, so, you know, I love social media. So I just thought I'd start an OnlyFans site. But then somebody said that it wasn't actually just a Pornography site, like there was lots of things people did on there, so I thought, well, this sketch won't work. Um, yeah, it's just a joke about how stupid AOC is, but I didn't know enough about OnlyFans, and I still don't, if I'm honest. Uh, Market Alberta says, "Hey, fatty, <laughs> <laughs> he's right, I'm fat." Okay, Downstream says, "You're gonna watch Biden's address? I- I'll watch it." I mean, it, it. I think it aired when I was doing this stream, but I'm going to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Frank James writes, when the Internet was new, I used to argue with Americans about whose country did what. I inadvertently tricked myself into learning history so I could brag about my country. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I kind of did the same thing, except I didn't do it to argue. Um uh, when I was young, I wanted to be a writer, you know, I wanted to write for Hollywood movies and I wanted to write novels and all that kind of stuff. And so I, you know, would I would write novels and I would write um, film scripts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, what I found was that uh, when I would write about a particular region, like if I'd write about Paris or something like that, if I'd never been to Paris, which when I was a kid, I had obviously not been to Paris. Well, maybe not obviously you guys, but I hadn't been to Paris. And um, so what I would do is I had dictionaries. I had this big dictionary. This is kind of before the Internet was easy to use. And I would just have pages open, like six books maybe, open on my bed. And I would just have them open to different subjects. And I'd be reading about different places and different things. And I'd have maps and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'd use all my research to be able to write um, about a, like a location or write about a point in history or something like that. And I would write it in such a way that it was so well-researched that I didn't think that anybody could look into it and say, that's that's not accurate. I didn't want anybody to re, you know, like to break apart my movies or break apart my novels and say, oh, you know, this is, this is all wrong. Like, this guy got all this stuff wrong. So I was like, I, I kind of was in the same boat. Like, I was forced to educate myself about a lot of things I, I didn't necessarily want to research. But I felt like I had to to make the scripts that I was writing accurate. So it's kind of funny how jobs can do that. Um, Let's see here. Let's move on, move on. Dark Crusher writes, I'd like to have a beer or something with you because you share a lot of my views, kind of like the Hank Williams Jr. song, dude from the city, dude from the country. Good combo. Yeah, thanks, man. I'll tell you what, I am from the city, but I'm not from the city. I live in the city, but I'm actually from Oregon. So that's probably why, like, you know, I grew up, you know, literally riding horses and dirt bikes. You know, that was my life as a kid. A lot of dirt bikes, a lot of dirt bikes a lot of horses, you know, we, we went snowboarding all the time. Uh, I had a buddy with a beach house, but it was basically like a rundown shack. And so we'd go to the beach and we'd go, uh, crabbing. I don't know if you guys in Oregon, crabbing is kind of popular. You'd throw these crab pods in, you know, we'd go fishing, we go, we go crabbing. Um, we go hunt for clams, um, clam, clamming, they call it clamming. And, uh, yeah, we did all that, all that kind of crap. You know, I mean, I grew up in the forest, so I was always like running around in the forest, climbing trees and stuff like that. And I spent probably the first, you know, five years of life that I could stand, you know, at least a good percentage of the time in a tree because I loved climbing trees as a kid. I love climbing trees and digging holes. Kind of weird for a child, but you know, I always get the shovel. I don't know why I like digging holes. It was weird, but kids like weird stuff. All right, let's see here. Uh, but yeah, I'd have a beer with you, man. Let's see here. Mason Goliath writes: uh, What reason did he give for being an agent uh, for, for being against interracial marriage? He didn't really give a reason, but from what I understand, with the um, with the white nationalists, I watched a, a YouTube video with a white nationalists talking about this once, and the position most white nationalists have about interracial marriage is that white people are depopulating, and the reason we're depopulating is because uh, we have fewer kids than we. Have people on the planet? So, in terms of like the white population of the planet, we're the only race that has fewer than two kids for every two people on the planet. So, um, the people who are get ma- getting married, even if they're having more than two kids, it's not making up for the number of people who aren't having any kids. And our average reproduction rate is something below two, uh, you know, two per couple. Um, so we're not we're not repopulating the current population. We're depopulating. We're slowly uh, going away and if you marry outside the white race, then you're not having you know and you have a bunch of kids, you're not having white kids right so so the white nationalists they they like they like the idea of more more and more white people um I, I don't think that's actually an, an like not a particular like I don't think it's a a bad thing to want because if somebody were to say, oh well, the country of Mauritius. Is being depopulated and they're being overrun by a different culture. And in the next 50 years, if they don't start having more kids, we're going to run out of people from Mauritius. Uh, you know, people from Mauritius are not white, but I would still think that was bad, right? I would still say, okay, well, we want to have more uh, people from Mauritius because, you know, we want to encourage breeding because we don't want to see that culture go away. We don't want to see that people go away. Um, but the thing about white people is despite the fact that we're reducing in population, i don't I think there's just so many white people in the world. I don't think that that we're going to depopulate anytime soon. The real fear, I think, is for countries with a heavy immigration policy to eventually be outnumbered, uh, be overrun by other populations and then they become minorities in their own countries, right? Countries that they are native you know if you have a native population of white people in say, Luxembourg, and Luxembourg becomes, overrun with Syrian Muslims or something like that, or, I don't know, Moroccans or something like that, and the whole country just becomes Moroccan, and you have just like a small number of white people who, you know, maybe they are, they no longer control their own country. To me, that's 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 sad. You know, I, I like to see the preservation of cultures. I like to see the preservation of, of peoples. Uh, and so I, I have some sympathy with the that, that concept of you don't want to see a particular group wiped out. I just don't see it as a danger at the moment. People look kind of like really far into the future, and they say, oh, well, things keep going the way they are going. I don't get spooked that easily. I mean, it's kind of like climate change to me. To me, it's a little bit of a hysteria. Um, I don't I don't get as spooked by that as some other people. I also don't think white people are particularly great. I mean, some white people are... I, I want to write a book, no joke, called White People Are Awesome. Uh, But that's because I think as a group, we have done some amazing things. And certainly there are a lot of white people who are awesome. I mean, absolutely awesome. Um, But there's also a lot of awesome people from every race. And uh, there's a lot of a-holes in the white race. And there's a lot of a-holes in every other race. So to me, the race thing isn't quite as important as other things. you know that's my perspective, but I do I do sympathize with the idea of wanting to preserve culture, wanting to preserve race. I talk about that a lot on the show, um, and I agree with the white nationalists, and uh, you know, in in, in some ways. Um, but yeah, I, I think interracial marriage is great. I one I, well, of my best friends is half Japanese, so if I if I hate interracial marriage, I got a problem. <laughs> All right, let's have a look here. Frank James writes, okay, that's a great point. Can't find. Uh, can't find someone of my own race marrying a different race will only produce racially superior children <laughs> my mom used to annoy the hell out of me because when I was a kid she you know uh mixed-race kids in Oregon was was actually quite rare uh, my buddy Ryan who I said was black that I grew up with he was actually mixed-race his mom was white um, and um but we did have we did have a friend who for what I don't remember what the situation was I think I think he was white, but he had two black kids. Like, he married a black girl or something like that. And she ended up leaving, so it was just him and the kids. Or I don't remember exactly the exact situation. It was a guy from church or something like that. And my mom would always go on and on about how beautiful the kids were. And she'd be like, oh, the, the mixed-race kids are, like, the most beautiful kids. And I don't know if that was, like, a trend at the time that she was repeating or what the hell was going on. But I was always just like, hey, mom, I'm standing right here, okay? The most beautiful kids are obviously us. <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Mixed-race kids are the most beautiful kids. I found it, like... Like mildly offensive. <laughs> that's what my mother thought. Uh, Zizi the Boxing Cat writes, uh, What's your opinion on Nikki Haley? I, I like Nikki Haley. I haven't seen anything I, to dislike about her. Um, the problem with a lot of conservatives that have been around in DC for a long time, it's like you know, sometimes they have one or two views that you're like, Well, that's a little w- weird or suspicious. And you never know if they're actually sort of like compromised or they're part of. You know the establishment, and you don't want that. Nobody wants that. Um, yeah, Yankee the Rebel writes. I've heard she's a rhino, but I haven't cared enough to look into her. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I don't know enough about Nikki, Nikki Haley to have formed an informed uh, position on her. Um, yeah, I'm not like a super fan, but I don't dislike Nikki Haley. Uh, Daniel J. Korica writes: Biden's speech was an in- incoherent, rambling mess. Apparently, he's now America First former vice pre- an America First former vice president. Oh man, okay, I that doesn't make any sense, so I'm guessing that he said that, or something like that, so I'm actually quite excited to look into that, Valeria's in the shower right now, so I can't get her to come say goodbye, but I think I'm going to say goodbye, um, we only got one super chat for the day, well, Valeria would be very angry with you all, but I don't mind, I like not getting super chats, because I, I kind of feel like super chats are a little bit, it's like, pay me. So that we can have this conversation, it's so stupid. Like, I don't want. I want to do that. I would rather just talk to you guys and, and not have the money thing in the in the middle. So I'm glad. I'm glad no super super chats. But thank you, Daniel, for your super chat. That's very cool. Um, Herbie Hancock writes, "That's racist, Chris." <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's sarcastic. Uh, Frank James writes, white people are awesome. Yeah, toxic masculinity. What could possibly go wrong? Well, I kind of want it to be a provocative title. That's why I wanted to put it. Like if I can get it banned in the UK or something like that, I can get good book sales. Uh, Frank James writes, we're overpopulated as a species. It wouldn't hurt to settle down on the breeding unless you're in Japan. Frank James, you've actually, you're getting kind of warm in terms of, um, There's a, there's a script I wanted to write. And it's set in the future, and it's it's a future in which white people are bred almost to extinction. And so you have a certain group of people of color, as they call them, uh, who run the world, run various countries in the world and whatnot. And they've all decided that there is one city in which white people will uh, be exclusively... a. Uh, uh, allowed to live without interference from anywhere else right so white people can live outside the city but no one else can live inside the city so only white people are allowed in the city and but but the the problem is that there's this overpopulation right there's overpopulation in the world all the resources are going away and the world is dying and they're trying to develop technologies to take us to other countries and seed other uh, us to other planets sorry and seed other planets and what they end up doing is every year they have a like a lottery, like a like a Hunger Games type lottery. And then they kill off like large swaths of people around the world. Um, so like you'll get a number. And if your number is called that year, you got to go to a special camp and then you're killed. And some people run, but they're almost always caught and they're always almost always killed. But every once in a while, um, somebody goes on the run. And they can't find them. They don't know where they go because they have all this digital technology, and they can track them. And they don't know how these people are escaping. Finally, what I'm gonna at the end of the story, I'll tell you the twist because why not? So at the end of the story, they do figure out how to seed other planets and how to get you know uh, to get it to be a sort of like a what the Star Trek Star Trek would say M class planet, right? They to make it into like Earth. And my buddy's writing me. Nope, I haven't watched that movie. I will watch it, though. Um, So all these people go to this other planet, and they see these other planets, and you have different races in different countries seeding different planets. So, you know, you have, like, maybe Africans on this planet, and South Americans on that planet, and Asian people on the next planet over there. But they decide to leave Earth for white people. They say, white people, you can populate all you want, take over all the different parts of Earth, whatever. And what we find when all the other groups leave is that after all that time, the people who have been running away and escaping from this lottery, um, and they didn't know where they were going, what, where they were going is they were being hidden by the white people underground uh, in the city. So the white people were protecting uh, some of the people that were in the lottery and not letting them get killed off. So anyway, I thought that was kind of a nice story. <laughs> um, uh, but, but, but... I don't know if I would write that story. I mean, it's just, it's like, you know, when you're a writer, you come up with like a thousand different ideas every, every week. So that was just one of them. I don't, I have no real interest in writing, you know, specifically racially charged scripts. Um, but I do have this kind of, this desire to kind of fix the way the world thinks about white people because there's this like bizarre idea that like white people are so evil. White people are so evil. And, uh, they're not. You know, some are, you know. Uh some are evil. Some are evil. By the way, I'm gonna end the show on this. This is a weird thing. I looked up the other I was watching a video with um with uh one of the Beatles. Who's one of the who's one of the Beatles that's alive? Paul. Paul Paul McCartney. I was watching this video with Paul McCartney, and I don't know why this occurred to me. I was like, don't some people think like. The Beatles sold their soul to the devil or something like that. And I always thought like, I wonder, I wonder if John Lennon stole his, sold his soul to the devil. Because he does seem kind of weird. Like he might do something like that. So I look it up. I look it up. And it's like, there's like a, it's like a, it's like a thing, right? It's like a, a known thing that John Lennon sold his soul to the devil. Like he, apparently he like admitted this to his friend. And this was like a a known thing somehow. And I didn't really do a ton of research into it. But that's weird, right? I don't know how true that is. I didn't go into a deep dive. I'm not really into like the, you know, investigating the supernatural. I don't like research aliens. I don't do the ghost stuff. I don't do the demonic stuff. I I never read into any of that. I don't know why I looked it up. Just one of those random things. I was in the middle of something needed a break and thought, oh, let me look up if John Lennon sold his soul to the devil. So it's believed by many people that John Lennon sold his soul to the devil, and there seems to be evidence to support it. Um, but the most the the weirdest thing about it is that the guy who murdered him what's his name? What's his name? I forget his name. He's got three names. Chapman. Something Chapman, something. Anyway. Mark Chapman? Something. Anyway. So this guy who ends up killing uh uh John Lennon apparently was like satan worshiper and he felt compelled by like demons to to murder john lennon and john lennon had apparently made a a pact with the devil to become a you know a famous musician musician it's weird right it's a weird story so anyway if you if you want if you're into that kind of stuff look that up i don't know i'm probably not going to Research it ever again, but it's just one of those things that I felt a compulsion to look up. I looked up, I was like, oh, Holy crap! I wonder if this is actually true. Um, Candace Owens might co write, White people are awesome, it would keep you in the clear. Just put her name on it first, <laughs> Mark David Chapman. Yeah, is that right? Is that his name? Anyway, he, yes, I don't know. I read about it last night late. It's one of those weird things where you go down a rabbit hole and then you're like, What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so who knows? Did John Lennon sell The Soul of the Devil? I don't know. But it's something if you're interested in, look it up. It's kind of fun, fun little uh, goofy uh, conspiracy theory that... See, th- to me, that's what the word conspiracy theory should be. Like, that's a lot more fun than this whole concept of a conspiracy theory being this, like, political weapon that we use to say, Oh, it's a debunk conspiracy theory. You're just a psycho. It's a lot more fun to look up things like... Did John Lennon sell his soul to the devil? To me, that's fun. (laughs) All right, guys. You guys have a lovely evening. Um, I'm going to go chat with my wife now. And I will see you tomorrow. And remember, I am toxic. She is masculine. And we are the least professional show on YouTube. Good night. Toxic masculinity.